Welcome to the Pivotcast. This episode was recorded on March 14th, 2019 at the Transact Club. This episode features readings from Emily Sanford, Nikki Sheppy, and Dominique Parisien. Just so you know that this episode contains a bit of strong language. Listener's discretion is advised. Hey, excited to have Emily Sanford here. Emily was born in Nova Scotia and has an MA in Literature and Performance from Guelph. She is the winner of the 2016 Eden Mills Writers Festival Literary Award for Poetry, the 2018 Janice Colbert Award, and was listed in the 10 Best Poems of 2016 by Vancouver Poetry House. Her work appears in Cantheus, Grain Magazine, Manola, NewPoetry.ca, Plentitude, and the Applebeard Editions Anthology of Flash Fiction, Release Any Words Stuck Inside of You. Emily is the Creative Writing Program Administrator at the University of Toronto School of Continuing Studies and co-curator of the Brockton Writer Series. Please welcome Emily. Thank you for being here. Um, no pretext. Trick of light. Simply think of illuminance as light going toward an object explicitly the amount of light as it touches a surface unreflected. Inspect the roadside and drizzle, moon in a pool. No, artifice. Street lamp reflected in spilled oil, slick, imposter, skip it. Apparition rippled meniscus, topographically atypical shift. A squint in brilliance dims this trick of light afflictive. As when visiting Versailles, Boating on the false lake, holiday making on credit, bliss, glints, conditionally. Whisper network. The thrush's mudded cup obscures her clutch from predatory weasel, crow. In code, I could wind a declining diorama, slow scroll, hint, illustrate risk in ratio, adept maquette, this landscape in miniature, a tempered weather report, wide-eyed dire warning, abide, the way is unsafe, stay, wait, wait, listen, fair, is flesh measurement. Do a deadline. Instinct, imperative risk. Feathered nest, broad web, etched spools of net nurture. Threats catch up like fooled flies. In thickets, iced twigs glisten in chill. Clicking tips will shift the frigid trick. So I'm from Nova Scotia, and you'll know it. Still kicking. You can see right in now the old fence is down, but it never was difficult to figure out the house always wins. That family had alcohol running through its veins for generations. The place was in no state for visitors. The smell of a people kinder to cats than its own children. You 
know very well who sold hash oil in film canisters. Son was almost bound to be the spit of his asshole dad. Nobody had access to anything but bloodlines. That family had clergy. These folks edited the paper. This one was full of crooks and RCMP. The whole family either side of bars. Instagram confirms she has her mother's eyes and anorexia. And on Twitter, the physics teacher's son, equal but opposite, disowned. The convenience store where you got your first marriage license sells liquor, but you don't weigh your moose there now, so you go up to the laundromat on the hill at the edge of town. Seems those without the stomach are chased out to cities where nobody shows up for tea without pretext, just checking in to make sure you're still kicking. Family portrait. The photograph isn't the whole picture. You two and the three kids, late autumn sweatered, front lawn. After, the babysitter called us back from the driveway, that crunch of tires on gravel as you hit the road. We were up to mischief, is my guess, and let the pony out somehow while you were on your way to town. You can't know we imagined taverns, notions of carousing like a western. Looking back, it was more likely Christmas shopping, remortgage meeting, a tense medical appointment you kept from us. I should ask your side of that day's foolishness, how my brothers remember it, or if I recollect trouble. No TV for a week. That silent seethe, the babysitter's bleeding hip, eye level, swath of teenage skin, the size of a dinner plate rubbed raw from where the pony dragged her along the fence. She was never angry with anybody, just shaken and a little proud. Mercury. Oh, it is so in retrograde, you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> Speaking of retrograde, Mercury. We once touched Mercury on concrete barn floor, dropped thermometer. Responsible, we gathered the glass fragments to protect soft frog underhooves, but some shards would scoot from our dimpled and jubilant fingers. We shrieked with glee, quivering pools of shine, long before we knew the deadly thing rising inside quicksilvers on relief. This piece is called You Wave, and um, as we speak, like right now, there's a young composer from PEI named Evan Hamill who is setting it to music. Um, yeah, it's gonna, this, for choir too. Um, the choral premiere of it is on Friday the 24th of May. It's called Words and Music, and it's uh, with a choir called Exultate Chamber Singers. They're just in the neighborhood a few 
few streets over, I used to sing with them, and they asked for this from me, and I'm really excited to hear it. Um, it's not to say it's my favorite poem, because it's like one of my least favorite poems, but you know, they're kind of not your own sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. You wave. Come slowly to sit with me on the shore. Look out at the horizon at the dazzling motion of waves. Light dapples watercrests in shimmerings that trick the eye. You wave, pause, bend for beach glass, salt water tumbled, bit of frost. It seems like the summer you were here, gleaming. Waves, one by one, slow, tumultuous and cumulative, tidal flow, rising water, I know. You wave, long lost. I always know you're here and feel you go. This compendium of missing things will go unending, linear, considering many mislaid intentions, long lost, left on a bus, en route in some swindler's dream, feathered nest of sought and found, ridden with unfulfilled pursuits. Something was pivotal, but misplaced, was it? Dispersed in the stumble, indiscriminate scattershot loss, a blunder's jumble. They say it's in the last place in the first place, the only place you'd look abridged. Ill-inherited histories spilled at dinner, questions round, wound, questions wound round throats in ring-necked pleasantries, wrung fingers, relative we count the sterling. Even its origins uncertain, now it's split. A misremembered melody resists description or tongue tip. The riff is lifted, made itself air. Is that how it went? What do we have in this commonplace? But revision, drift, nothing is fixed. Uh, we have Dominique Parisien. Dominique is a writer, editor, and poet. He is the author of the chapbook We Old Young Ones uh, with Frog Hollow Press, and his recent work has appeared or is forthcoming in The Fiddlehead, Humber Literary Review, Art Poetry Magazine, Quill Inquire, Plentitude, and various other journals. He's also the co-editor with Naval Wolf of several anthologies, including The Scarlet Wood, New Fairy Tales, which won the Shirley Jackson Award and the forthcoming The Mythic Dream. His latest project is Disabled People Destroy Science Fiction with Elsa so yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's the one, Henry. Dominique is a disabled bisexual French Canadian. He lives in Toronto and is working on his first full-length poetry collection. Please welcome Dominique. So I'm gonna read a couple of poems from We Old Young Ones, which is my chapbook. Um, the chapbook as a whole is explores the pain, disability, aging, and intergenerational dynamics. Uh, I have chronic pain and I do a lot of work around disability. So I'm going to read the first poem, which uh, 
Unofficially, I refer to this poem as something I call Dr. Pain Scales. Anyone who's dealt with doctors in terms of pain scales will probably understand. It's called Let Us For A Moment Call This Pain By Other Words. Ask, how many roses does the hammer weigh when it bears down on your skull? Does the sword seem toothed like a toddler's smile or sharp? as your first ice skates. On a scale of anglerfish to northern lights, how bright are the flashes in your head? When I touch this here, which constellations light the sky behind your eyes? Would you say that pulsing is the flicker of a satellite or the stubborn heartbeat of a newborn chick. Ask, can we for a moment make of beauty the measure of our pain? And I will answer. So this next poem, um, I think of the universe as compensating in some way because I had a very violent convulsive episode on the TTC and the next day the poem was accepted. <laughs> it's called After Convulsing in Public. <laughs> I like to fight the protest of this body. I'm told the caring treatment afforded my unconscious self is a testament to the kindness of strangers. I do see in it hope in my own dissolution. Convulsing, I lose the possessive body, become a receptacle for concern, just a thing touched everywhere through kindness, left perfumed in the sweat of another's care. I seem ungrateful because I am permeable in those moments, a body bursting with strangers. Sex is the privilege of choosing who participates in the choreography of my limbs. My partner's hands become a knife, carving other fingers from my skin to help me shape myself again. On the subject of strangers, this one is called Side Effects May Include Strangers. <laughs> Side Effects May Include Strangers, informing you the pills are like a god. You might not worship now, but will in time. How the way of weakness lies in relying on such artificial things. How breathing on the sacred mountainside of some great distant land cured their friends, friends, uncle, of some strange ailment. Or that illness becomes a crucible only if allowed. One very brief 
a poem on this. This is one of the intergenerational poems. Afternoon with grandparents. It felt like communion, their slow dance in the kitchen. Somewhere, a ghost-voiced radio played, and the song was God, promising forever. Only, watching them, I knew it must be true. So there's a few people here who have been to my lunch and have heard the poems and read them already, so I'm trying to just get a few different ones that they haven't read. So this one came out in uh, Plenitude a couple months ago, and I've never read it uh, live. This is called Oliver. I learned a jealousy, reading of a boy who kissed a wall. Oliver kissed here, scribbled on the brick. I knew then, love was breathing yourself into another. How boys feared getting caught, losing themselves through their lips. And here was Oliver, who could have carried me with him forever, giving himself away to a red brick wall. So my live-in partner, um, Kelsey, who's right there, doesn't write, uh, but very much has a poetic spirit. <laughs> and I decided to make a found poem of things that she said about my body. <laughs> Over time. Did not tell me you were reading this. I, I also didn't tell her I was reading it because I wanted to embarrass her. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm working on a collection around bodies, so I'm trying to explore disability, pain, and bodies in a variety of ways. Um, frequently, with disability, people get to create the narratives about your body, and they're usually negative ones. So I wanted to covertly do a positive one. <laughs> so here goes. My partner makes of me a poem. And these are all things she said. There's a lot of forest in you. You have the universe in one eye, the underside of a mushroom in the other. There's a tree hidden in your face that will outlive the world's end. The tree is asymmetrical and upright, bare though. Sometimes burst blood vessels bloom like leaves on your forehead. I think all of you is beautiful, but this rib here should really be a jewel around my neck. I'm partly made of you anyway. If I touch here, that scar is like a ravine I can't help but explore. From there, I see the perfect clouds of your ears and your freckles like stars. How is she not a poet? <laughs> this last one uh, is brand new. It's called Becoming. Sometimes I think there was no becoming. Death had to be born dead to be itself. I used to dream of 32, 
that I might live to be so ancient? What does it mean now to set aside becoming and be this man I barely imagined? I hope to turn 72 and not be afraid to dance naked in the rain. I hope to turn 92 and remain surprised by who I was and am and might still become. I hope to always be nothing like poor death that only ever knew exactly what it was. Thank you. Nikki is a poet, editor, and teacher from Alberta, now living in Toronto. Ten months or so. Yes. yes. Her book, Failsafe, with the University of Calgary Press, won the 2018 Robert Croach Award for Poetry Book of the Year. And her chapbook, Girlhood, a Ludic Suite, Kalamaka Press, won the 2013 John Lent Poetry Prose Award. She's a literary scholar, a fan of chapbook publishing, and past managing editor of Filling Station Magazine. Her poetry has appeared in Event, Matrix, Jacket 2, Auntie Lang, and the Calgary Renaissance. And her arts journalism in Alberta views art poetry, Lemon Hound, and Uppercase. Her BFF Rocky dog is not her mascot <laughs> because he's his own dog, but he dispels the solitude of writing. Please welcome Nikki. <laughs> I always have to include Rocky. There's actually a poem in, in my book for Rocky. So, yeah. He doesn't know that he's famous. <laughs> there we go. So thank you, uh, everyone, for being here on this uh, rainy, rainy um, evening. And thank you also, Pivot, for inviting me here tonight. I'm really happy to be here. I've only read in Toronto once before. So uh, I'm going to mostly read from my book, uh, Failsafe, tonight. So apologies to uh, Shannon, probably, that it was written before, because Shannon helped me launch in Calgary. Thank you, Shannon. Shannon and Larissa, the spirit of Shannon and Larissa are here with us. Um, so I'm going to start off with just um, one piece that's a work in progress, and I'll turn to the book. Um, the piece I'm going to start with is a longer piece called Folly that uses an architectural lexicon and a lot of puns on architectural language. Uh, to inquire into the recklessness and injustice of life in the early 21st century. And so I'll just give you a taste of it. Um, it's a long poem. I'm just going to read one section. There are a few epigraphs. The folly stands for a body already conditioned to the terms of dissemination, fragmentation, and interior collapse. And the Midler. The danger now is writing poems about ruins as though ruins were chicadas. Susan Gillis. Follies can also exist as geopolitical instruments, Peter Raisbeck. I'm astounded. The arch distributing its thrust equally is bearable. The parapet undulates like two daggers barking. Fortified, I take aim at the enemy through the loophole of my bafflement. I want to freeze, peer deeply at this stark and baseless order from a pillar of the community. Spinning a sleeping chamber, I spark all manner of fire, world burning. Embankments swell, and we flee our carports and starter homes. The diamond-bladed pain of our quarrels, 
our heat signatures bleeding through the fat that marbles these high stakes. Let's draft a plan to renovate our god. I cover the harm of my temples with thought, the grieved gazebo of my eyes with a willing blind. In what simulated grotto do I know with plenitude my condition of poverty? Wearing the most sumptuous dovecoat, its eyes of black pearl, its soaring passenger pigeon trim, and little doe of a heart, the zipper pull beating in my hand. So there's kind of a long section in my book, um, a sort of series poem called Mouthfeel. Um, the term mouthfeel refers to rheological properties, which are, you know, that feeling of the consistency, flow, the, the feeling of something, usually food in your mouth. Um, so in these poems, I prioritized over considerations of sense and meaning uh, what language I want to put in my mouth, what worded tactility I want to feel as saying. So I'll just read a few from that long poem. I'll start with sensory index, which is just kind of like an intro. Sensory index. A lexicon to distinguish between the various rheological properties of matter inside the mouth, beyond the philtrum, in the vestibule, encamped on the soft palate. These terms express how the mouth senses or intuits the fluttering conquistador, the elementary bolus. The mouth's sensory apparatus is concerned with struggle. It perceives rupture, succulence, thraldom, pleasure, and paradox. It is inhabited by power, by settlement, resistance, desire. At any given moment, there might be, inside the mouth, soft hands of pomegranate or sticky grease exuding from dates. Mouthfeel registers and calibrates this immeasurable inner theater so that it might occupy language. First one is bite uniformity. There are a lot of and buzz and uh, kind of exploding sounds um, as it kind of bites on the language. Day catapults at dawn, tripling with heat, then turtling into the dirt, the dead kilted hatching teeth in the peat. Strata kittening, buckle tight, cuticle rucked up to cowl over the vixen that drags the unflowering egg to rock, furthering, grotty, bear down. This burial's tactility, the tooth's coagulating pulp chamber, secret, pain, schistic. Nerves are drastic, skittering through gaslight. Their tentacle beauty, suction tusk, bashing the tissues. Starlight at the lock, the Kirk's crystalline body count scalded in salt. The saint, the swallow god, that saves the blue terabyte of blood data. Uh, moisture release has a lot of pluh, sounds, um, plosives and, and s's. Moisture release. The cipher, the sleeping hot spliff, a dexterous smoke, half-aspirated ghost, whispering, the interval peels the trade muscle, resplendent taxations, sclerotic blue glass, ulcer in a finance light, some taste splays in a blissed-out emulsion. The succulence is bristling. Even the spiked colostrum, slobber, velociraptor, 
They are displaced in the host century of the body. Even the plaster cast of the spleen seeks now inward to the forest placenta, melts perturbation, the ovum suckling wilds, hesperides that smell of pink baby apples assimilated over the core flesh. So I'm feeling pretty wet. <laughs> so moisture absorption is the next poem, and it has a lot much more windy, shushing um, kind of feel to it. Our thorn-thickening usher flouts within sheaves of of, holds the wide histamine, the first slimming how and with whom our hewn shall do washing either flashing human fish, hustling the hush money, the frowsy interior wolverine, Take this heckled schist of vowels, hordes of shame hunt now, harshly within ourselves. Hedged sound of showering, our leash will hasten ruination. The floor fur a calf-fected touch field. We fuel and furl into it er-thinkingly. As ferned collations thick and gloom, we are whistling rhythmic. This aeration thwarts you wet. A theory flush with sun cushion, field berry, threads or threats of hot, gift-robbing sugar. Okay, so the next piece is um, entitled Anosmia. It's in the same series, Mouthfeel, and it's just kind of the last segment of that long poem. And uh, Anosmia is a condition marked by the inability to smell and as a result to taste. Anosmia affects roughly 1-5% to of the population and many people with anosmia can still detect basic tastes like salt, sweet, umami, sour, bitter, but only when these are really intense. Other than that, um, subtle flavors are, are lost, but other than that, things persists such as temperature sensation, um, texture, feeling in the trigeminal nerve, uh, which detects spiciness and fizziness. So, you know, the, the kind of um, spiciness of hot food and the, the, the hotness of the heat of carbonation. Okay. The face stands amazed. Carbonation's burrs like light thistle or joy, the pedigree of surprise sensed in the well behind the nose, in the throat's wall, spackled with pep. There is some talk of inoculations and cattails, while the after prickle subsides. Wasabi, lips sear, Scoville, stab nose, Komodo dragon, capsaicinoid, and ghost chili ransom, habanero pain, a sweating harissa shiv, red psalm tam, heat sensing, trigeminal kapow, slit naga viper and scorpion, organoleptic wince, sriracha, malagueta, fume shrill, chill tepin burn, infinity reaper howl, the eel foaming ow, cherry flecked blood rush of foot jalokia, endorphin sob drop kick, fatale, ricinifera toxin B sting, nasal bite, apricotic wannabom, face wrath of pin hiking sun, 
nerved with fruit and claw, the cultic pang of it. Salt, cyanotype, pensive distributions of bitterness, this worthless sugar touch, immersed I am diabetic in my craving, sodium mad and hypertensive, drinking vinegar to think about that tang, running like a cougar, glint-faced and ulterior, thicking venom to suck on blistering phosphor. Okay, so I'll read a very short sample from, from something, and then I'll close with one of the last poems. There's a poem in my book called Beside Herself, and when I wrote it, I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, it appears to be addressed to um, a sister. I don't have any sisters. I have three brothers. Um, <laughs> addressed to or about a sister who has knowledge that I don't have. And it's a twin, and so there are twin poems. Um, one on the side and then a short one for each one. So I'll just read a, just a couple of pieces from this long poem, but I'll read both both parts with a little pause between so you know. Next of kin. Dextral and sinistral, slight venom along the mirror line between you and your sister, slicked off with oil and a bronze strigil. Each softness will sting without cut or veil, the faces amplified and reversed, the flesh caustic and mung, each held in a fox beautifying light, a fawn's puck of madness, courses between in the shape of a throb, alchemical depth charge, softly, nostrum. You are some soft wear in me, the smoke of you chafing my lungs, your smolderous spore that will not grow, so the curse between us is that you will appear only if I die. Codpiece. Couch on the seamount of wet trousers, the Minoan culture clothed in minnows, thousands of years before the dorsal and caudal fins of grieved coddlings swept through the collective unconsciousness of our mouths, gummed up in saltwater taffy, a snout's emphasis below the coat, slim propulsion of the tongue which will change color when it's in too deep. You're an infant, a treachery, a spoke in the wheel of language. You fish among waistbands with the infinity of your tongue. Her blushing tongue. Colossal lace of lilies necking along the frenulum. Let us touch with pliancy what we know of ourselves now stalking the filaments of our bulbs with cordiality among lightless glass blossoming in the mouth at the deep end of our language where the overture violates the rule and the body reads a vestigial hues radiance swarms and pollinates the stellar nursery like my dream of you in the blue version of my gold dress Invisible in the room, but suddenly there in the mirror, where all of my power foams. Can I count on you to become a lightning flash, calibrating lumens in the panspermia? Okay, so I'm just going to close with something perhaps a little more lighthearted. 
Perhaps not. Um, so uh, this poem called Applicant, um, and I guess I have noticed lately that uh, I do a lot of writing that is cover letter writing and updating of my resume. And I suspect that there are others who have felt this pain. So this poem goes out to everyone who has done a lot of writing in that direction uh, as we sort of struggle through the, the pain and disenfranchisement of life in the early 21st century. Uh, it's structured a little bit like a resume, so there's like, you know, a cognate for a cover letter and parts of a resume and an interview. Coverlet. The candidate is scented foam, burst crocus throat, battling inception with its army of foals. A dress made of dendrites is now draping the soma, where it gathers on pre-leather skins transmissions contrapuntally fume. Smoke at each sink point makes lovely the insinuation, glossed with footnotes of barbs and book learning. Select key words for the position sought, parsed grief work, girl Friday ranked airborne and corporate light. Those dark, lovely beguilements into thought space, my ave respiring in slush, in a fog of knowing, the snapped feeling will teed. Please find attached my resume. Expiations, birth to now. The pulsed gossip of my plasmid, brief miracle of myself haunted by the past, ghosts tessellating in ruin, the whole surface Eschergrave. 30 to now, barely electable shoulders, architected curves, deep knowledge and data entry. <laughs> now to later, promise. Coding and searing SEO, vanishing sleep forms, beautifying toil, benevol. That's you, Dominic. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Skill saw. I recruit beans, digitized brush fire, plush bloodhound unseen, a click farming lethality amid sinuous smoke algorithms, métier de manger, gourmandise. Elegant influencing of self by myself. All the portions internally dovetailing at a pattern of precision cuts, opening viscerally the seam into having guts. Internalization. The subject ideally enslaved to interview perception. Money grokked as human, glowingly speaking and marriageable. Oaths of allegiance, cash points of sensual harm, fondling, key words and choir. Reification. Coral reference, off-gassing skill, ointment, lotion and stain, or salve, salvage and salvation. A fountain overflows with depletion envy. Droplets of graft, emulsifying wellness. The person who touches me knows my worth. Intervene. Please hesitate and call. Inside the secret clot of resume, eddies of unpresumed power obliterate the system, starfold the chasm of many and much. Body of my best being do cash me beyond currency. How leafed I have gathered a terrifying surplus. <laughs>
Thanks very much. For more information on the Pivot Readings, go to pivotreadings.ca.